Hello and welcome to another Cinequest video podcast. Today we are going to be talking about some of the scariest movies known to men. Yeah. The Exorcist and Exorcist 3. Hooray. <laughs> so The Exorcist, uh, basically considered one of the scariest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roland, when was the first time you saw The Exorcist? I'm... Man, I'm I'm almost certain it's it was when I was a kid and I had basic bitch cable, you know, like I I want to say it was like on TNT or something kind of thing, and I didn't even know what I was watching at the mo- at the time. I was just like, "What's this?" And then I saw the whole ah, you know, sh- <laughs> the tongue. Oh, so the- you saw like the edited version of it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I <clears throat> yeah. I never. My my family wouldn't would not rent anything like that, which is very funny because. Apparently, like I like the last time you were here, I was asking my mom about it, and she was uh, she was telling me that you know she took my sisters to watch that shit in theaters back in the fucking seventies. But she wanted to like, protect you guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like what? M- one of my sisters was like two. <laughs> your sister, like, why your sisters had you... to fend for themselves. Yeah, uh, emotionally and, speaking, and she never watched it again, and never went back. Never, none of that. And it was it was too scary. I was like, right. I mean. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I've, I think I've mentioned this story in uh, a previous podcast before, but mm. um, I did watch this when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> um, I had to beg my parents to let me watch it because um, by this point, by, by fifth grade, I think it was like in third grade that I saw Exorcist 3 on mm. Cinemax uh, <laughs> late one uh, Saturday morning, right? Which has that terrifying scene that, mm. that I mean, as a kid, it would freak me out. And apparently, it freaked a lot of kids out when they were younger, too, because it's, a, it's known as one of the scariest scenes of all time. My aunt and my cousins and other aunts and uncles, it was like a family thing. Mm. Uh, we tended to, tend to watch like It mm-hmm. as a family, because mm-hmm. they would show it on TV every year, you know? Yeah. And then those, uh, one they would show after that sometimes was Sometimes They Come Back, which is another Stephen King movie. Mm. Um, we would all watch those together. So, so much so that as a family, we always say like, run, Jimmy, run. And that's a portion of the, again, <laughs> sometimes they come back, you know. <laughs> um, it's a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of the ones that they were no, going to watch. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> this is one of the, this uh, exercise was one of the ones that they were going to watch. Mm. And I remember my aunt driving me to my, my house and... We had to kind of say, hey, like, they're going to watch The Exorcist, and I want to see it. And then my mom freaks out because she has this whole backstory with The Exorcist. Uh, she happened to see it on TV one night back in the, I guess, late 70s or something. Yeah. And she was, like, one of the only ones still with my grandmother at the time. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather had moved out. They had, like, divorce or separated or something. So it was just her, my mom, and my grandmother. Yeah. And in this house, which is the same house I actually saw Exorcist 3 in, mm. um, she saw it one night. It freaked her the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And later on that night, there was allegedly, according to her, um, someone, something uh, ringing the doorbell all night, uh-huh. the same night. So she has that traumatic experience because she's freaked out. She said she was like huddled in the corner, like sweating profusely, thinking that there's a demon outside, <laughs> Pazuzu probably, ringing the doorbell. And apparently it stopped at some point throughout the night. And the guy who came to check it said it was like some kind of malfunction with the door. Oh, it just so happened to be that night. That night that she saw The Exorcist. Coincidence? Um, yeah, coincidence. I think not. Pazuzu was lurking about. But me seeing it in fifth grade, my parents did make me cover my eyes during certain points, and with good reason. I mean, <laughs> there's some scenes in here that are pretty graphic, and she says a lot of shit, you know. Yeah, she which does. 
I didn't actually see the movie again mm. until they re-released it in theaters the first time mm. uh, where they added that fucking crawl scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I saw it uh, with one of my friends. We went to the Harlingen Theater, like which ended up being the Dollar Theater like later on. Um, there was four people in the theater. I remember this vividly. It was huh. me, my friend. We're sitting in the back row. Yeah. There was a guy closer off to the left and mm-hmm. another guy off to the right. All right. Somewhere in the middle, but we could kind of see him with the light shining on him. Okay. Like with a <clears throat> smile on his face the whole time, just like aggressively eating his popcorn. <laughs> While he's watching the movie, um, I didn't have anything at the time. We we didn't have any like drinks or anything. We just wanted yeah. to go and see the movie, and it was shocking to see some of the shit for the first time because I mean I've never expected to see either a child do these things or say these things. Yeah, <laughs> the crucifix masturbation scene hey. is the, the scene we're talking about here. Uh, but yeah, so I I've had um, that's my past with the Exorcist, and of mm-hmm. course watching it again. I've seen it off and on. Here and there. I've tried to watch it at my house mm-hmm. uh, whenever my mother was around. And she just hears that fucking intro. Yeah. And she's like, what are you watching? Turn off. Turn off. Turn off. <laughs> Yanks the cord. She was like, I'm like, I'm going to watch. Even if I'm watching something talking about The Exorcist, she's like, no, no. You watch that shit somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> Not in this fucking house, you won't. Um, I mean, it doesn't help that I do watch like a... like. And for entertainment purposes, I watch a lot of those nuke top fives mm-hmm. or those uh, Project Dark Knight horror shits where they just ghostly videos after ghost video and stuff like that. And then I watch them. I always watch them like at 11 o'clock at night in the living room, like yeah. full blast. Oh. And of course, <laughs> that leads to like people getting scared and all this other kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it helps me sleep. Like it's yeah. very common to me. Yeah, sure. Me too. As, as most like horror movies are for some people, like yeah. I do like just watching them and just passing out and stuff like that. I put on some put on some ghost adventures and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just funny. That's not it scary is. like at all. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> Although I I do remember that one time uh, waking up. Uh, uh, I told you we were there. We were watching that, or you were watching it here. I was watching at my house. The Joe Bob. Um, I forgot what it was, but they were watching. Uh, it was a necromantic. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I woke up to like the girl fucking the dead body. <laughs> that was weird. That was I, strange. Yeah, I yeah. remember because I was bored. I was like, "What is this? This is interesting." But goddamn it, something happens. And yeah. Then, and then they get to the the, the corpse fucking and all. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, right. obviously it's necrophilia. You know. That's and then all I was I was texting you about it, and then you told me the next day, like, "Yeah, I fell asleep." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why you I, fucking I stopped asleep, responding." And then I, I then again, I, I just woke up and I looked at the TV and like fucking, I just see like, eh, eh. And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" Yeah, I, and I forgot what that was the movie that they were watching. When you next. stopped, when you stopped messaging me, I think I watched it for like another thirty minutes, and then I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've had enough. Yeah. This, is, this is boring. I don't want to go to sleep yet." <laughs> but um, this is one of the ones that I really can't fall asleep to. No. Um, it kind of like I, I'm a big fan of like the, and I'm pretty sure you are the as well. The way it's shot, the way. No, 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 not, not even like the movie itself. It's the music. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the music like is yes. probably freaks Fuck me out more yeah. than the actual movie itself. I love. I really do like the fucking theme music for this. And and it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's not over in your face. No. And and that's the, one of the so great that things. Just gives it like this real fucking like just iconic yeah. haunt haunting yeah. uh, uh, melody or whatever. It just it's like it's like you. watching um, unsolved mysteries and you watch that theme song too. Yeah, that freaks me out too. I mean, even Robert Stack in his very monotone way of talking, he's very serious about. The ghosts, especially those ghost episodes or the UFO episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. freak me out. And I mean, they're not scary, 
but like I loved watching those. But when I was little. oh yeah, I love watching Damn, them too. Man. But I can't like, yeah. fall asleep watching because oh, I feel like no. I'm gonna go into some dream state. Yeah, or I'm being in <laughs> one of those rec- recreations and shit. Yeah, those reenactments that are terrible. Mm. You know, but those are pretty scary reenactments. Personally speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, they still stand the test of time, even with all the shitty effects and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the music itself does not lend itself to me falling asleep peacefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does make me a little uncomfortable. But the movie itself does not. Um, it's, it is shot really well. Um, it is a slow burn. Yes. Um, it's not, it doesn't rush, uh, the possession. And that's what's, that's one of the things that's great about this movie is that it, it, it's, it kind of like set the standard for possession films, which a lot of them are now at this point still trying to recreate. And that is unfortunate because they're trying to just take this formula, but not the slow burn part of it. Mm. Just the exorcism part because that's the part everyone remembers, right? And they want to get the kid who's possessed because every kid gets possessed, right? To say some wild ass shit, and to probably, mind you, they will not get a kid now to fuck themselves with a crucifix. No, no, (laughs) they won't do that now. You know that's a little too weird. Maybe they'll shit themselves. Maybe Maybe. they will. You know, maybe one day we'll get that Michelle remembers uh, movie (laughs) where she shits on a Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know. And uh, her mom, who's getting head, like decapitates the person or some shit like that. Something like that happens in the book. Um, maybe one day we'll get that. Yeah, maybe. But right now, we're just getting... Shutter exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting sci-fi versions of what oh. uh, like this movie is. Yeah. Uh, mm. This is a... This movie has stood the test of time. Yes. Um, it was directed by William Friedkin and written by William Peter Blatty, who actually wrote the book. Uh, the Exorcist, mm-hmm. which I have not read. I read it. It's just been such a long time. Holy shit. Um, this movie had a $12 million budget. I'm not sure what that would be like now, mm-hmm. uh, but it made $441.3 million. And probably rise and count. And it's still like, sure. still, it's a movie that people um, still get scared about. Exorcist Steelbook? One day I'll get it. <laughs> i have to hide it when I bring it in. <laughs> right? Your mom is just, your family is going to be like, what's that? I sent something. <laughs> What's this entered this house? <laughs> well, I told you whenever Nothing. whenever uh, we did that Ouija board thing. Yeah. And like I had to like, I, 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 I went to Daniel's Nothing to take it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to leave it at Daniel's no. place, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I took it home. And when I brought it into the house, I had to kind of like, I had to. <laughs> like hide it under your you, shirt. You know, we had like the, the green screen and stuff. Yeah. Like we had all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I wrapped it in that uh, and then walked into the house with it and just waited to a point in time to put it in my closet. And I would never tell my family or my mother that that is lingering in the house somewhere because then it's going to validate all the shadows she sees apparently in the house. <laughs> so so I just want to leave that alone and not say anything. Uh, <laughs> but, so, uh, sorry, it's, uh, it's, the, um, uh, it's the CO2 levels or whatever. You got a <laughs> gas leak in your house. Well, I mean, again, there's a history with this film. There's a history with Ouija boards with my family mm-hmm. and stuff. So, like, anything like that that they see is traumatizing mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, they give power to it. Well, I mean, if you ever check out our Valley Strange episode where we did the Ouija board session, um, I do mention that point where my mother and my aunt were, they were asking oh, the yeah, Ouija yeah, board yeah, questions yeah. and yeah. shit with a friend who had like a one of their daughters in a trance and shit right. like that. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. I saw it with my own eyes, but I, I mean, really, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But 
that it said that they were the whatever whatever they were speaking to allegedly said that they were gonna quote unquote play with all the children yeah. you know and i think it's just me yeah <laughs> honestly yeah. i i made a joke as a kid whenever they said this and the ouija board was on the table yeah and i go what is it gonna do come in and get me and i said that and they were like don't ever say that don't ever say that you're freaking out kid and then you know what I'm the fucked up one, so I mean, like, yeah. I guess, like, I like watch all this shit, Hooray. you know. I'm making podcasts like a it loser. It worked, <laughs> <laughs> right? He is possessed, <laughs> <laughs> just like every content creator. Yeah, yeah. possessed with like loserism. Yeah, or some shit. right. By the demon of suck ass, <laughs> <laughs> you bitch, the bitch demon. <laughs> but anyways, oh, uh, that's my history with the Exorcist. Um, so Reagan is 12 in this movie. Well, she's right? supposed to be 12 she's years old. Supposed to be, yeah. she's not. <laughs> I think she was like 14 whenever she made this movie. Or Linda Blair. Linda uh, Blair, sp- yeah. Speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie has a lot of classic scenes in it. And I mean, there's been a lot of parodies of this film. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to in just a minute. Basically, in The Exorcist, we have um, an <laughs> actress, Chris uh, McNeil, who has a daughter, Reagan. Mm-hmm. And she... Uh, Chris McNeil's an actress, like I said, uh, and her daughter plays with the Ouija board. Right. Have you seen any of the Conjuring movies? I think part two is where they did that as well, and that caused a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's talking to someone named Captain Howdy, mm-hmm. and basically it's a slow, gradual progression. Like one thing leads to another. Like she gets kind of in a trance. She right. tells someone that they're going to die. She right. takes a pee, mm-hmm. and then she ends up going to the doctor. She has like, uh, like. Things are going on with her brain. Yeah. Uh, she says, like, oh, her bed's moving. Those are all those very subtle little things that lead up to the point where it's like a big possession where she's all cut up. She looks all the makeup's all over her. Mm-hmm. She says shit like, oh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Right. She starts doing the crab walks. She starts doing the crab walks. <laughs> <laughs> her head spins. Right. She yeah, spits she up the pea the, soup does, at the priest. Does you the, know? Beetle, the beetle juice. Ah! <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, she spits up the pea soup at the priest. She's got the the Gene Simmons tongue. Yeah, right? she's doing that shit Which too. Which I I saw that and I was like, oh, it just made me think of scary movie. The yeah. fucking scene with James Woods when they're just like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, come on. <laughs> and I, I think um, I I'm, I'm not too familiar with the. I think it's repossessed. I think Linda Blair actually reprises her role hmm. as the possessed person, and it's like uh, Leslie Nielsen who's a priest. Oh, oh God! Really? <laughs> I haven't seen that Dude, one, but like, I want, I want to see that. Leslie fucking Nielsen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I, I had a question that I was just sort of it's something I just sort of I thought about. Whenever in this movie, whenever they sort of show scenes of of um, Reagan's character doing all the fucked up stuff, does it feel to you like it's like a sort of casual just? Like there'll be the parent. You will have a scene where the parents are, you know, the, the mom's talking with the priest or something, and then it just sort of like, you know, instant break and uh, cuts, you, like, cuts right it cuts to Reagan doing her thing. Does it feel to you like when you see that that it's like all of a sudden she's the center of attention, or does it feel like more of a casual like, oh yeah, you know, this is happening in the background as as the family? No, it's it's center of attention. The center of attention. Yeah. I don't know why, but when I watched it, like I got a sense that like it was like a casual thing. Or whatever, because like, 
like when she does her crab walk, you just sort of see her do that, and then it just goes like back to the the mom talking or some other shit. Well, right? Yeah, because you know? I mean, like as opposed to just like, okay, what is she doing now? Like, no, she's just like by herself, and like nobody's really watching her. Well, see, that's the thing is that I feel like there's like a like a healthy a healthy balance in yes. this film whenever it comes okay. to like them uh, focusing on Reagan's yes. possession and like the mother and the priest and right. all the, the story because in the even the priest has a traumatic yes. thing going on with him, right? Because I mean, well, his mother, both of them, right? Well, I mean, the other priest comes in, Father. Uh, I forget his Marin? name. Yeah, Father Marin. Marin. Then yeah. we have. Uh, well, he's he's got his Karen thing well. that you know, like where he's studying those those artifacts and right. So that's, in like that's his... Iran or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where he gets that little head of Pazuzu in the very beginning of the film, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which that is like uh, they focus on that in the the beginning and right. the beginning films. Yes, and. Um, no, no, no. I, I, no, no. That, that explains it. Yes, the way. So I didn't get that sense of balance watching the newer Exorcist movie. Like no, to me, no, no, no. it was just like they just anything that was you know center, uh, center of the screen or whatever. That was the focus. Like, and it, it just, it, I don't know. Like to me, the focus was just spread out too thinly. Right. Like right. it was. It didn't. See, it didn't feel balanced at all. Like I really wasn't interested in anything other than the fucking kids. In this one, like I'm. Like I'm more interested to yeah to like to see like how the characters interact and all that and it's 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 a it's shot completely differently to me and like I can appreciate that right because I mean you're dealing with a single mother's uh, like in the 70s mm-hmm. and her um, I mean lack of faith that she has at oh, the time yeah, that's right, right. Yeah, yeah. and so like she doesn't know what to do with her daughter who's like mm-hmm. pretty much. Like this is right, something that's, the that's doctors, never been like. The doctors are like, yeah, they can't we, do anything. We, we're fucked. So she you know? feels like there's no hope, you know. And then she doesn't even like want to buy into this like no. uh, Catholicism uh, no. possession thing. Right. But then she just kind of like she has no other choice. She has to right. like give in and let them come in. And but the good backstories that they have with the the priest, like Father uh, Marin, mm-hmm. um, he has he's having an issue with his mother. Like he kind of wants her to die, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because like she's kind of a burden in a way, and then she ends up dying in the film. And that's when like Reagan's like, oh, your mother's in hell, and your mother sucks cocks in hell, all this kind of shit. <laughs> and and I mean, even to the point where like her voice changes, and he's like talking to her. Talking yeah, to him. she sounds like a like a seventy year old school bus driver, yeah. smokes cigars. Every but day. he's he's it's so traumatic for him that he's like oh, he starts beating the shit out of her. Like starts, he's right. losing it, you know? Right. Like it's the demons. The demon in this movie really knows how to like get at the person mm-hmm. who's there trying to exercise them. In the other films, like uh Believer, mm. they don't really they don't I mean I think the one thing the girl says is that um like you never wanted me. Yeah. Which, something which, like because, that. Because like uh he wanted to, he had the choice to save the mother. Right, the yeah. Daughter, and that's know? that's kind of like a little twist they throw in there, I guess. Yeah. But sorts, I mean but... like here like the demon is really like egging them on because yeah. they want the demon wants them to pretty much kill the girl. Right. You know, mm-hmm. or like at least do because something Because that's how bad. they lose. Like, yeah. you know, the whole point is that the girl dies. Yeah. And and that that's basically the end result or the end result that the demon wants is mm-hmm. the girl to actually die. Right. And again, I don't know demon lore necessarily. Is it Pazuzu and what exactly their motives are? Mm, I don't, I don't recall. I'm, it's been a long time since I've read any of that silliness. Uh, because I mean, like each demon has like a certain type of motive, right? And their uh, cause for doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And as far as Pazuzu, I mean, he could be just like an like a trickster or. Um, uh, let's see. Because they always like emphasize that maybe it's like also like the devil and stuff like that, right? But it's never the devil, the no, real devil. It's, it's a it's devil. It's a devil, a demon. Um, so what does Pazuzu do in this? Uh, 
personification of southwestern wind and right. held kingship over the Lilu wind demons. Mm-hmm. What is an apotropic entity? What does that mean? Uh, Considered as both a destructive and dangerous wind, mm-hmm. but also a repellent to other demons. If it's saying like it's a dangerous wind, like it kind of just comes through and wants to cause like chaos. So what then, I was trying to remember is like um, I remember reading about it and finding that the like the the demoness that's in the new movie Lamashtu is uh, either his like rival or like his one of his like wives or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's that's kind of what I was trying to remember, and I guess that that would be where it sort of ties in, uh, right. even though they don't explain that. Uh, you know, watching it. Um, yeah, pretty much it's just a demon that haunts homes and uh, or or a wandering wind. Uh, yeah, he kind of just blows through, causes some chaos, and just uh-huh. goes on to the next thing. Something and I mean, like that, that can make sense with, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the Reagan getting possessed thing, because I mean, there's no real like end game other than death and destruction. Right. So, I mean, I guess that does make sense. Yep, I mean they don't really give a shit. No, they're, they're just not. Yeah, they're they they they're just around. I mean it's it's like a fart in the uh, <laughs> in an elevator. It just lingers. <laughs> Evil. Anyways, yeah. Um, no, I I hadn't seen this movie in such a long time. Uh, it is it's actually very enjoyable. Um, just for what it is. I mean, this, this seems like a movie that you would have to watch with people and like. I mean, yeah. I, I I can't really see it as a movie. Like, man, I'm gonna put on like, The Exorcist and yeah, just watch it. Yeah, I mean, at night like to me, it's a myself. lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more casual. Like, I I don't know. I, like when we were when we were watching, it, I was just like, yeah, it's cool. It's on. Or, you know, like, it yeah. wasn't really like, all right, focus. I need to see what is she, which side, what side of the cross is she using? Wait, I mean, what's the director trying to say with <laughs> the right hand as opposed to the left <laughs> right. hand? Right. <laughs> uh, the it's it's uh, left-handed. Why, those left-handed devils. Why did the head spin counterclockwise as opposed to clockwise? <laughs> <laughs> right. If she was in Australia, maybe it would have gone the other direction, like with the toilets. Eh? Well, why? Eh? Why was the projectile vomit green as opposed to like blue or red? Right. Or yeah. You know that. Like, I'm pretty sure that these are important questions. Got people like never wanted to eat pea soup again yeah. because <laughs> of this vomit shit. You know. I love pea soup. Good. It's delicious. It's good, it's good stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> right? We watch and all of a sudden we're like, are you hungry? Dude, I am yeah, hungry. Man, man. Like, this is weird. You go nice over some chicken? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I did want to talk about uh, as, was like the, um, the production of mm-hmm. this movie. Um, I know a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. People, p- people have uh, made the assumption that this, this film was cursed. Mm. You know, and there's actually a whole thing I think on Shutter. Yeah, is like cursed films. I and, like that. And this is, yeah, one, this yeah, is yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But I, were. when I saw this episode, I felt that they were kind of just grasping at straws, kind of just oh. like to make it seem like it was cursed because it's okay. an Exorcist movie. Yeah, it should be cursed because I know one of the cursed movies they talk about. They talk about like Wizard of Oz. Uh huh. You know that was cursed. Poltergeist was cursed mm-hmm. uh, because like the older daughter was killed. Right. After filming, and then Lorianne, the girl, little girl, she ended up dying after the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I and, heard and, about later was that the one the guy did uh, for the call, was it call of Tulu or something. Uh, the director ended up like moving to Mexico or something because he got bankrupted. I forget what. I don't they know. had like all these kinds of shit happen. Uh, there was a, where they filmed. Uh, basically, that that town was like the analog for uh, for fucking uh, Innsmouth or whatever. 
Uh, I had no idea. Shit. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I would say like regarding this movie, like I think the one of the things that they said was cursed was. Mm. Uh, I mean, I know Linda Blair injured herself. Like she has like a lifelong injury because oh, you know shit. in the scene whenever she's yeah slamming yeah, back that, and forth and stuff like she that. fuck up her neck or something. Or I think spine. it was her neck or her back. Yeah, like, she fucked up her back. Yeah, or something. I was watching that and just like that's what I was thinking. Like that hurt. Oh, yeah, my spine. And I think the mom also got injured as well. Whenever the the scene where the drawer comes at her, yeah, she's like on the ground. Yeah, like, she gets thrown and then the drawer just comes mm-hmm. at her. I think it fell on her or something. Oh. And then she got injured that way. Shitty. Uh, but I mean, those are just lack of care. <laughs> or like in the 70s, I mean, they're kind of like uh, yeah. doing a lot of these things like yeah. for the first time. Or like the insurance hadn't like gotten wise yeah. and kicked <laughs> and started yeah. suing them. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's one of the things that did happen in this movie as far as the production is concerned. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's why a lot of times people think it was cursed or like, Someone, then, someone ended up. Someone in the, the crew ended up dying or something. Oh, okay. Because um, I was gonna say, but like, I, like they died fifty I, years after making this film. <laughs> you know, it's you a know, curse. It's a curse I, of the Exorcist movie. I I expect that things like that would come from, uh, I don't know, the cast gossiping or whatever. And and I just sort of figured that you know things like that that the production would support because I mean it would just get more hype going well, well let me let I me think i mean that could be just movie. fan speculation too you know that yeah. kind of like it just starts to build mm-hmm. and build and build mm-hmm. and before you know it that's like the lore i mean just mm-hmm. like the wizard of oz they always say like oh that scene wherever you, you see like a, one of the 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 little people like they hung themselves in the back and they're swinging oh, but it's yeah. supposed to be like a bird or something yeah 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 but they're like no you see it like the thing's hanging he's hanging he's swinging while they're filming and they didn't even cut it out or nothing <laughs> Like, that's the kind of shit that builds up over time because people just make speculations. I mean, I don't know how... I haven't gone back to check this about, like, the penises in, like, Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) People say that... Take your word for it, buddy. The artist drew, like, penises as the the castle. Like, there's a huge fucking erect dick in there. But again, those are, like, all the lore that comes from, like, people... Itty bitty balls, though. You, as, as a fan or as a film watcher... Uh, they people can speculate and just like see what they want to see mm-hmm. whenever it comes to like these. Uh, yeah, I mean, like leave it open for interpretation. Fuck yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, don't need to be. I don't know. I I I approve of shit like that because I I, I just think it looks good uh, for the for the the uh, film itself. I mean, as far as like people dying or any of that shit, yeah, that's that sucks. But <laughs> uh, you know, if that if that actually happened, I I couldn't say. Like, I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know for sure. But I mean, I we could know. look that up. But are we going to? Oh really? Like if um, it's there. Somebody wants to tell us. Hey, sure, that's cool too. Uh, there's a whole <laughs> section. There's a whole paragraph here for the head spinning. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Who cares? <laughs> this is funny. Uh, oh, they call it the crucifix scene. <laughs> well, yeah, the, we call it that too. And you don't even have to like read any of this. You already know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this was this is also funny though, uh, regarding that crucifix scene. Uh, this is something I did read earlier that I did want to bring up. Can you bring that up a little bit more? What's up? Down, go down, go down. Oh, Sorry. I see, I see. All right, stop right there. Hold up. Okay, so like, oh, there's a scene when they, they t- apparently during the pro- before like they actually shot the scene pre-production. Uh, pre-production. Okay. Um, this is what they were talking about regarding this scene, and I'm just gonna read it verbatim from Wikipedia. Mm. So I mean, I'm no. Uh, 
journalists or film journalists here. Like this is just me verbatim. So uh, crucifix scene, it says, while filming the scene where the possessed Reagan masturbates with a crucifix, Dietz and Friedkin had a this long discussion about the right way to jerk off and showed him why a woman has to turn her wrist more than a man does. It doesn't what? say turn. It says churn. churn. Like you're churning butter. Yeah. <laughs> so he's mansplaining masturbation to a girl? <laughs> says at the time, Freakin said that the scene's power over the audiences came from its unusual combination of sex and religion. Obviously, she's in a crucifix. And to many viewers, it lasted much longer than its 50 seconds. 50? Wait, what? It was 50 seconds? Well, I mean, it's not a long shot on her. It's no, just the scene like, itself. I remember when we see it, it was like a... You know, I'm like, well, like oh, it yeah, happened, it but is. like, like they're in the scene for a while while she's doing it, but oh. they're not actually showing her doing it. Right on, yeah. Like, I got you. Face on, you know. They're in the shot. They're, I they're mean, in the they're shot. not in the shot. It's in the same scene. Yeah, it's just in the scene shot. where she's like, like they have a back shot and she's like doing this. Yeah. You know? uh, but I know they get, do get a shot where she's like fucking slamming it in. It says this. Okay, regarding the scene's power, it says uh, Blatty pleaded with freaking to stop destroying the film. Oh, hold on, no, sorry. It says the scene's power. Uh, Kermode writes, comes with Freakin's head-on approach, centering it centering it on a brightly lit screen. Was it that brightly lit? It was. It was like in the daytime. Right. Uh, punctuating the thrust with a stabbing sound. Blatty pleaded with Freakin to stop destroying the film. Freakin responded that the scene would be one of the film's biggest draws. <laughs> when it turned out it was, Blatty found it terribly depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually one of the iconic fucking hilarious uh, yeah. moments in this movie. And it's, again, it's quick. You're not like, I remember again, we were watching it and just kind of like, I think you looked away. You were farting around on your phone for a second. I was I've like, seen hey, it before. I mean, I mean, do yeah, I really but... need to be like, hold on. Like <laughs> right. I said, why, why, what is the director saying? Wait, guys. The fucking right hand. You go, is she, is, is she Malin, churning Malin the crucifix forward. proper, you know? Like, right. Is she churning the crucifix proper? Counterclockwise? They go, as a man, when you jerk off. You <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> It's all in the wrist, baby. <laughs> Anywho. Not, it's, it's all about the turning. <laughs> wow, I can't believe they said that. It's so funny. <laughs> so fucking The proper weird, way to jerk dude. off. Like... Uh, just, it's just, just uh, give me my, uh, give me my action. Give me my inspiration. All right, you're turning. <laughs> <laughs> you're turning. You're turning that crucifix. Uh, with your right hand. Uh, this is the proper way to do it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not up and down. No. No. <laughs> it's around and around. Like, all right. And again, uh, when it comes to like that, we mentioned the spider walk scene. Like that isn't that isn't in the theatrical version. No. Um, that actually came out after the fact when they actually re-released. And I remember that more. Scenes. I remember that more than any other scene. But that happens movie. even faster than it does. Anything else, it does. Know? Like it's she just like glides almost. Yeah. Down well, the it, it, it's a very you could tell like it's really like a sped up film. You know, like yes, a little bit. Someone you just she just comes down and then yeah, it was just funny. I saw that. I was like. But I think those are the kinds of things that people take away, especially filmmakers now. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of like the shock crawling value. on the walls, like she's like she's crawling on her like right. backwards and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to shock the audience, and right. it's it's been overdone already too yes. much. And it's, it, it's probably good that they didn't keep it in originally, mm. uh, and as just like a like a deleted scene. But again, that's, that's the kind of like being used up a little bit more than it should have. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean this. Basically, everything in this movie has become like a uh, you know a horror trope that's just overused. You know, from possession itself to the fucking demons to 
all the cheese ball cr- stuff they do with the crosses, uh, the vomiting, the tongue, all of that shit. I mean, they parodied the fuck out of it. Right. You know, like it's just. As we were talking about, like, us, uh, really, production but. and, like, uh, accidents, I didn't, this is the part I just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. if there were any more. So we did talk about said injuries to the cast also affected production. Uh, Burson and Blair have lasting consequences from back injuries. Remember I said that? Yeah. Uh, Burson's occurred during the scene where the possessed Reagan throws Chris backwards. Mm-hmm. And the take used it in the film and left her unable to film for two weeks. On they, crutches for the rest of the shoot. Sh- with they a fractured... Flung, they flung her Yeah, ass. the fractured cock... Cossacks. Cossacks, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and it caused Ooh. her to have chronic problems. That's right, oh, here. That's right here. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. That's the bone that connects your. Uh... Oh, wait, no. That's uh, actually, it's that the. I was thinking of a different one. Oh, it's Cossacks the back. It's the uh, waist. It's, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's in the. Uh... Near the butt bone? No, the tailbone. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay. I gotcha. was like, why do I know that one? No, it's not the. It's, yeah. Uh, even fucking worse. Yeah. Oh, and we'll look at this one. This is, this is the one I was talking about, Linda Blair. She mm. fractured her lower spine after being too loosely strapped to the rocking bed whenever she's doing oh. that whole thing. And um, damn, she develops uh, scoliosis and long-term health effects oh. as well as a lifelong aversion to yeah, cold that's chronic from pain. all her time in the refrigerated bedroom set wearing only a nightgown and long underwear. Damn. And a carpenter cut his thumb off and a lighting technician lost a toe in different accents. Hence the curse things. You know, this yeah. is just like people yeah. being negligent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they consider the crow a cursed film also, but I mean, it's because some asshole was negligent yeah, with a gun. Yep. And he shot Brendan Lee. It, it was a malfunction, you know. Everything, like all these types of things could have been prevented. Right. If there had been just a little bit more care Due in diligence. like these special effects, you know. But yep. when you're kind of like on a budget and you got to go, 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 go. Yep. This is the kind of shit that happens. They rush around and somebody fucks up. Um, but yeah, so mm-hmm. let's see what else here. I mean, it's just stuff talking about how, like, oh, all of these bad things are happening in the movie. And, you know, like, uh, Blair's grandfather passed away during the first week of production. Uh, one of the other characters had to return to Sweden after their first day of shooting when their brother died. Uh, one of Miller's sons nearly passed away when a, uh, or died when a motorcycle, when in a motorcycle accident, that kind of thing. Uh, oh, shit. Several years after the film's release... The technician in the angiography scene was convicted of murdering uh, <laughs> someone. A cursed film, people. Yeah. Um, right, it's got nothing to do with... with and and according to this uh, little write-up in Wikipedia, Friedkin, the director, mm. I believe there might have been some supernatural interference. He goes, I'm not a convert to the occult, he told a horror film magazine, Castle, mm. uh, Castle of Frankenstein. But after all I've seen on this film, I definitely believe in demonic possession. We are plagued by strange and sinister things from the beginning. Again. <sighs> okay, buddy. That there's always an explanation for this, and a lot of it has to do with negligence and yeah, just not. I'd again, say you nine said, times due out of diligence, ten, you know, nine times out of fucking ten, it's somebody that wasn't doing their damn yeah, job, or or didn't know what they were doing initially and right. just did it, or just this is a fucking accident, you know. You, like, you know what, <laughs> like. The cursed films, even like uh, they bring up the Twilight. Mm. I'm sorry, the Twilight, the Twilight Zone film. Mm-hmm. Whenever the the guy and the two kids got decapitated from the falling helicopter, mm. that's cursed. Yes, <laughs> but that's also someone's stupidity because they're doing a shot that they probably shouldn't have been doing, and again, rushing things and not doing their due diligence. Right, a two kids and a fucking actor. Got decapitated from a fucking helicopter, or a fucking propeller. You know, yeah, dude. That's that's. <laughs> 
Oh, that's that's like one of my uh, I think one of my like childhood sort of like terrors. Uh, the fucking propellers in a helicopter, you know, like you just walk under there and do a little hop and, you know, <laughs> uh, the other one is, uh, the, you, you, you've seen these before, like in the fucking, uh, lumberjack mills yeah. where they have the giant saw blade yeah. and you, they push a log through it. That one. So that's another one for me. Just, I just always, I would uh, always picture just going right into that saw <laughs> wishbone. I, I, I mean, I have a, I, I always think like in certain films, like, uh, like someone had to always getting hurt somehow, you know. That's why they have insurance and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but uh, William Blatty, the guy that I mean, wrote, they can't make any uh, big production movies without insurance anymore. Right, right. Because some, someone's gonna can get fucking hurt. Yeah. I think the only one who's never cursed is Tom Cruise with doing all these fucking <laughs> some, scenes. Yeah. And he's not dead. He's gotten Jesus hurt. Christ. He's gotten hurt. Jackie yeah. Chan's gotten hurt oh, a lot. Oh man, yes. Those aren't cursed movies, you know. No, they. Uh, they <laughs> those are. Those are real goddamn injuries uh, that, sh- unfortunate as, as they are, uh, th- but like in Jackie Chan's case, that's a that's a consequence of like literally being an action star, yeah. you know. Like well, Tom yeah. Cruise is just <sighs> batshit. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he wants to fucking do Blatty, that, knowing the, he's not. Blatty, the guy that did write the film, uh, yep. said that freaking started the whole curse story with mm-hmm. an interview during production. Told you. They blame devils go. for the film. I mean, that's good. Pr- yes, promotion. It is. It's good promotion. Yes, it is. Uh, and it says, uh, Blatty, Blatty, according to this uh, wiki little write up, said, right. if you shoot something for a year, uh, people are going to get hurt. Right. People are going to die. Unfortunately. And Blair, uh, Linda Blair told Cumberland that stories of the supposed curse circulated because viewers chose to see a scary film and maybe they wanted to believe all yep. those rumors because mm-hmm. it helped the whole process, mm-hmm. she says. Mm-hmm. And in 2000, Blatty joked that there is no exorcist cursed. I am the exorcist curse <laughs> when asked if the death of Blair's pet mouse was related to it. <laughs> wild, oh, wild stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, those are the kinds of things that, and I, and I, I attribute this kind of stuff like to my mother and the, the attributing these kinds of things because yeah. she saw the movie. Right. Just so happened, these coincidental things mm-hmm. that if the demon's going to take time or some kind of ghostly apparition or entity is going to take time to just ring the fucking doorbell all night just to fucking And I wouldn't even, I don't know. Like, I'd get tired now, after. <laughs> let me say this. Go If there was someone knocking at the door, <laughs> that might freak you out. A little bit, yeah. That would freak me out, yeah. especially like at three in the morning someone's oh, knocking the crazy I'd, I'd, door. I'd be either freaked out or annoyed. I've had moments like that where, you know, someone would, would come to the door in the middle of the night, you know, very rarely, and I'm just like, what in the fuck? You know, like more often than not, it was. Uh, See, this is this is why, like, shit. in those kinds of scenarios, that someone's like knocking at your door mm-hmm. midnight or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like, hey, can I can I can I this? can I uh, borrow your phone? Right. Fuck, first of all, fuck no. <laughs> Secondly, it's two in the morning. These you- are the kinds of things where I want like speakers outside to just automatically drop slayers, raining blood, just mm. fucking blast it, scare the person out there. Yeah, you know, like, get they the might fuck freak out of here. Out. Yeah, I mean, they go like. Let me in and just fucking push play. And just like, and you just hear screams from inside. And I just like curl up a little closer into my, uh, get my sleeping bag and just wrap myself. Oh. <laughs> that would, that would, uh, nice and cozy. I think that would uh, freak out people outside if they're trying to be quiet, you know, maybe, just fucking lights and blasting it. Red lights, fucking blast the fucking music. Be fucking crazy cool. You need to set that up whenever I have my own place. There's a lot of rumors that go around with movies like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is effective about this movie is the lack of, I guess, 
blaring uh, music that goes along with it. Yeah. Very subtle. It's very, not loud, yeah. which I'm very happy, grateful for. I, God damn it. I think the only time there's like a a surge in sound is whenever she's doing the spider walk. Mm. And it goes, like, that's like the only time. Everything else is just the I get the actual tired. actors I, and actresses like actually yeah. saying their lines or screaming or something. Yeah. But there's no actual noise behind you to kind of like really make you jump. It's all with the performances. Yeah. I, I you know, now I was thinking about it. Um, I, when we went to go check out uh, Exorcist, uh, Believer, I, I, I did think it was pretty fucking loud. It was. Like it was very yeah. loud. And I was like, come on. But you're see, not going to scare me with the noise, dude. That, that's the thing is that I think that's what shit a lot of movies do nowadays. They use too much mm-hmm. noise too much to bullshit. make it jump. Yeah. Right? Without actual any substance. Right. It's just noise. Like, Ooh, what was that noise? And it's the they, sound of you shitting yourself. They tend to do that a lot. Sissy. With a lot of the later yes. uh, Conjuring films mm-hmm. or uh, Insidious movies. They use like that. It's that, almost like a gag. That violin screech. Oh man! Which was cool, but it's overused. Yeah. You know, and you're just you're already waiting for that. Again, there's a beat to all these. Did we hear any bass drops? I forgot. Like I thought I made movie? a. Jo- no, no, no. In the in the believer. Yeah. Like I could have sworn I, I made a joke because I was like a pew. I'm like what? Probably. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Auto tune? <laughs> no. Um, I Anyways. don't really remember like too much details as far no, as like, sound so, is like, concerned. Sound yeah, design. The, I, I don't. I don't either. I just mostly remember that it, I didn't care for it. But in in this movie, it was intentional. Like it's very. Uh, I mean, not in that it's loud or anything. Like again, like you mentioned, it's it's a it's a more subtle, you know, sort of um, uh, backup to right. the, to the scene. It's but not, I mean it, again, it's not overpowering. At, no, and it's it just does it more effectively. Yes. And I I, um, I like that a lot more. I do like, but I think it's also kind of cheesy in this movie uh, to get a little bit of scare again, but not using too much sound. But the sub uh, the imagery mm-hmm. whenever they flash the face of Pazuzu in there, mm-hmm. like it's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, she just looks like a goth clown. Well, they they do kind of. I know in the original they didn't do this, but uh, in the re-release they kind of uh, I guess I want to say superimpose sort of or like kind of fade in. Pazuzu's face whenever uh, Reagan's looking up at the person whenever she has her hand up like this. Yes. And uh, yeah, you can see it in they the fade, they f- Well, they faded right. in yeah. to her face. Oh, where she yeah. she kind of looks like it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that particular no. thing, but I mean, it's just like, I guess more for the audience because mm-hmm. the person actually has not seen that. And I mean, yeah, didn't you see the face too over the priest, like right before his eyes change color? Or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then he- Jumps, yeah, out, jumps the out the window, yeah. <laughs> and then does a barrel roll down the stairs. Come into me. <laughs> down the stairs you go. All right. <laughs> He's dead, right? No. You think he is. Suckers. Um, but overall, uh, I would say, what would you say about this uh, Exorcist movie? It's this? a cool movie. I think everybody should watch it at least once. It's, I mean, like... I think a, if you're a horror fan, sure. um, I know some people... I don't think it's scary. I don't I don't, I don't. don't think anybody nowadays would probably... Unless you're a kid, uh, no, maybe. I, I no, know. I think some people still think it's scary. Maybe. No matter how much people might say, like, um, mm. even if they're not religious mm. or anything, like, the, the thing is, like, religion is so ingrained in our culture. Yeah. Um, even if someone who's not religious sees like this, they can. They're, they're, I feel like they have two reactions. Mm-hmm. One, it's just silly, you yeah. know, and two, um, it still like resonates somewhat inside because like mm. 
it's it's religion is considered like a sacred thing and sure. the girl is doing a lot of things with the crucifix um yeah. like pretty much uh the whole uh biblical aspect in the church and all that kind of stuff like it wasn't i don't know if like the i don't know if the church at the time was like uh against this type of movie i mean it was around the time of you know the whole satanic panic stuff no well that it kind of helped with that too because it was like the 70s so i mean like satanic panic kind of like kind of stemmed a lot from this stuff because i mean like nowadays with all the technology like people don't have those kinds of like kids i would say kids nowadays might find this movie boring right that is until you get to the crucifix scene and all that kind of Mm -hmm. shit uh but like the the build-up uh, most people want fast-paced shit. That's why, like, That's maybe true. they like a lot more like Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, and uh, folks have less of attention, attention. less yeah. of an attention span. That's why you need yeah. like those quick beats, like to hit on every mm-hmm. mark to keep people's attention. Um, this maybe. again, slow burn, no real music, like real subtle type of things to like really build the tension. Um, yeah, you can't do that too much nowadays. But I mean, I feel yeah. like it's still it's still as effective with some people, mm-hmm. personally speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but. I mean, I don't speak for all fucking film watchers. Why not? That's no fun. One day I shall. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion will reign supreme. Right. It's all, the only thing that matters is, is what I think. Not what you think. <laughs> Support me. I would say overall, this is a very good movie. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, it's I mean for lots of different reasons. Whether you, you are a horror fan. I would fan say or not, not, yeah, not a I even just as a good film. Yeah, in it's, general, it's 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 really it's good. The the thrill, the suspense aspects of it, and again, like the way it's shot. I would say this is scored. this is one of the first times, and I know this is a term I don't like, but it's I think it is true for this film. Um this is kind of one of those elevated horror movies, you know. Yes. Um yes. where it's yes. not just shock and like uh gratuitous nudity or, right yeah uh, the it really is like strategic filmmaking and very artistic in a way and that's why it's an overall good movie kind of like uh let me see what is the other type of films that are like just really good in general even though they are horror movies um like old mm. ones oh i would say like even like those uh like alien films like really scott movies like those are good yes that, that's a good movie yeah. you know I've been actually really wanting to rewatch Aliens, though. Me too. It's <laughs> kind of my favorite. Uh, but yeah, those are the kinds of films that like are just good, even though they are considered horror films. They're just good. Movies. I was trying to find because in 2010, this this movie was entered in the register for, I believe, the Library of Congress. <laughs> See? Yeah, and they did mention specifically their reasoning was that it was uh, historically. You know, relevant, important. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, notable. Oh, there it is. Right there at the very beginning. Oh, jeez. Says the Exorcist had a significant influence on pop culture and several publications regarded as one of the greatest horror films ever made. I agree with that. Hmm. Uh, in 2010, the Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. A sequel set 50 years later, Exorcist Believer, was released October 6, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's another video. Those those are the kind of movies that they should like should have just left as a one off. Yes. That's good. Yeah. But greedy ass motherfuckers. Of course. I mean decided the... to make Exorcist 2, yeah. which we're not going to talk about necessarily in this film, but I will mention that Everybody it's not good. Everybody's rebuying franchises just to give it's me bad. the end. Didn't the Halloween franchise just go get picked up by MGM or Miramax? Miramax. 
It'll be a TV show, apparently. Oh, or it could be. I don't boy. know. It's just speculation. Yeah. Um, Exorcist 2, uh, we saw it. We reacted to it. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it too much, uh, but you can check it out probably up yeah. here somewhere if it's, if it's there. But it'll be linked down below at some point. Um, Will and Freaking, uh, there's like a, a YouTube video of him like calling like a piece of shit. Or someone called it a piece of shit. Oh yeah, everybody, basically everybody. Uh, all of the, all of the the previous and future directors in in, in the Exorcist uh, series have all dumped on. Yeah, it wasn't a movie too. that initially the way they wrote it didn't turn out anything like they no. wanted. It was a, basically uh, a waste of good characters. It was, yeah. and it put like Linda Blair at seventeen years old in some kind of like real awkward position with the actual. Uh, priest character who mm-hmm. was also kind of uncomfortable, like yeah. where she was supposed to seduce him, but she was still kind of right. she was still a child yeah. at the time. And uh, even Linda Blair, there's a whole interview which I'll link down below uh, that talks about how much of a piece of shit the movie is too. It's like tw- <laughs> it's like a 20 minute, it's like a special feature in Exorcist Two, I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean that's uh, to me that's worth buying the movie itself just to get the special features if I got to pay for that. But sure. uh, so be it. Um, but according to, well, not according to, but at the end of the Exorcist film, uh, Father Marin gets possessed, pulls out Pazuzu, mm-hmm. and chucks himself out the fucking window. <laughs> it's really funny. He just rolls down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting his last rites. And we, as audience members, we're just going to watch this only. He's dead. Yep. You got to be dead after that fucking. He, yeah. No, he, you got to be dead, right? It was a long goddamn staircase. Uh, and. I think they were like cement stairs too. So they were. If he's not dead, he's goddamn vegetable. I mean. Well, speaking of that, um, you would think he's dead, but mm-hmm. on to Exorcist Three. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um, sequel, not the, sequel. It's a, so yes, we, we not just sequel. forget. We forget part two and just skip to three. Same, right. So um, same characters, different actor. Detective in the first one, played yeah. by a different dude. Right. Uh, comes back in part three, mm-hmm. played by George, the gr- late great George C. Scott. He is Detective Karen or Kieran or look at the name right now. I always forget people's names. They're terrible fucking names. Kinderman. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, George C. Scott plays Lieutenant William Kinderman. He was the actual detective in the first one. He comes back and he is investigating a bunch of murders that are similar to a serial killer who had died. I think Gemini like 15 killer. years earlier, mm-hmm. the Gemini killer. Right. And basically it leads up to where he goes into this, uh, I guess, mental institution where there is a character called Patient X. Mm-hmm. They don't blatantly say that it's Father Marin. Mm-hmm. Wait, not Marin. Karen. Uh, Father Karras, sorry. Damien right. Karras, sorry. I think I mixed up those two Like yeah. whenever we were talking about the other one. No worries. But Jason Miller plays Patient X slash Damien Karras. The priest from the first one, who we thought was dead, right? Um, but he is allegedly possessed by the Gemini killer, who was played fantastically, yeah, by Brad Dorf. Yeah, i I hadn't seen uh, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned that, and uh, I hadn't really seen too many Brad uh, Dorf uh, 
flicks before other than like i guess the last one i saw was the lord of the rings where he plays um did you not Warm, watch Warm any Lord. of the chucky movies uh this came out i meant the last movie all right the chucky movies were before then right right yeah i meant like the most recent thing i'd seen him in oh, okay and gotcha. so like that's what i remember <laughs> and i was just like holy shit it's that guy and i'm like fuck that's awesome he was i mean he carries the movie uh for me like once you know, the scenes come where you meet him. I was just like, shit, this is great. And he doesn't do anything fucking crazy. Like, it's all, like, in his face. Like, and his, 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 mon- his, his monologue is... Everything. I, I could literally like, watch Jesus those monologues Christ. by themselves alone. That shit alone. was just, like, so That's goddamn how good it is. compelling. That's yeah. how fucking good it is, right? Yeah, it really was. And I was surprised, like, because I wasn't expecting something like that uh, watching this. Like, I was bored. Are you expecting the guy who played fucking Chucky... To give the most intriguing and engaging monologue. And I'm not talking like 30 seconds. This no. goes on for minutes. Yeah. All right. And you're it's pretty great. You are still intrigued by just him. Yes. Acting. Yeah. Dude. All right. Like it this, was this is, so this fucking is, cool. This is like one of those times whenever I'm kind of like amazed by someone's performance. Like whenever we saw Pig and mm. remember when Nicolas Cage is giving his like little monologues and stuff like that. I was intrigued by that. Yes. And this is probably Same better thing. or just as good oh, yeah. than that yeah um i i i thought it was so fucking cool he's very good he is very and it happens cool. uh happens quite a bit like and i'm it's and we're, the movie's film is just better for it yeah i mean for the most part a lot of the effects the sort of that they use are are not overt uh you know or silly uh it does get a little bit towards the end you know where yeah. the where the fucking like the portal or the the hole to hell or whatever opens yeah. up in the in the uh prison cell or whatever and uh we but, see but like i mean the, the the aside from that <laughs> the kid who was decapitated and his head was replaced by the statue of like jesus christ oh, in blackface yeah. that's yeah. fucking wild that's yeah that was wild. that was okay fucking wild <laughs> i did i i liked uh another scene another scene where the detective is i think is he dreaming when he's like he goes to like heaven and yeah. sees you know, like he meets the little kid, and and what does he say? He's like, sorry, hey, so, sorry, you got killed. Yeah, and he's like, oh, it's okay. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, he goes, hey, I miss you. I'm sorry, you got murdered. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And the kid's like, oh, it's okay. I was like, holy. The shit. one thing I will say about this movie, the tone is very different. Yeah, right? and it is written and directed by William Peter Bradley, Blatty, sorry, the guy that actually wrote the first Exorcist, mm-hmm. and he. Uh-huh. Wrote a screenplay for this one, but then adapted it into the book Legion. Oh. Uh, but then, like, then he made the movie, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But it's obviously cinematography is different. Mm-hmm. Um, just his direction is different. But this movie has like a humorous tone in the the relationship between uh, Lieutenant Kinderman and the other priest, uh, Flanders Joseph Dyer, mm-hmm. who is his friend. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Their their interaction is like very subtle and like it's humorous the way they uh play off each other and stuff like that but george c scott is trying to sell the fuck out of this movie because i mean brad dorf does it purely by his dramatic yeah his acting chops but at this point in his life i don't know i've never seen like Patton with george c scott but like he is like there's moments where he's just like just that old man detective just like really fucking selling the shit out of us. Yeah. But then again, you get those subtle scenarios where he's dreaming and he's like, hey, hey kid, sorry you got murdered. And he's just like, no big deal. Yeah, and then you you see all the other people around him as well. 
Oh my gosh. Fabio shows up. That fucking shit. Patrick so Ewing is just randomly in there. Yeah. So yeah, fucking That was weird. him. I was remembering when you yeah. asked me. I was like, what? Yeah, that was is so that... fucking weird. And I, I think it was, I didn't quite yeah, recognize Samuel L. Jackson, him. the blind dream man. That's what's oh, him, too. Wow. I was like, that's fucking Samuel L. Jackson, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, right there. Patrick Ewing yep. is the angel of death. Yeah. He's the angel I, of I death. didn't recognize him because he, I, I think you asked me, like, is that Patrick Ewing? I was like, I don't, I don't really see him without a mustache. Yeah. But I was it's like, just that's him. so strange. It is. That dream sequence is like, Wacky, and those were all the people that, that were previously killed by the the Gemini killer, right? If they uh, a lot of such. people were, but like if they had like their like neck seems like it was like reattached uh -huh. with stitches, like thick ass stitches. Yeah, those people were killed by the Gemini killer, right? But okay. I don't know if they were in heaven or like in some kind of like purgatory or whatever waiting room purgatory waiting room. slash. But I mean, it, it did seem like a waiting room, right? If, I mean, you would like never, at a hospital. I never would have guessed that Patrick Ewing was the angel of death. No. Like, and that yeah, would have never like, struck me what, just watching it. What is that even like? What? I, I want to know more about that because um, I don't understand this casting like at all. <laughs> That's why it seems funky. It seems wacky. It, like it, it doesn't make any it sense. Is, but like, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really interesting. I don't know. That's why, like, this film, like when I saw it as a kid, mm -hmm. like it didn't really do much to me as like it just enjoyed the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it, me, it had like those various blasphemic type of like imagery with the mm. the oh. the beginning of the film. Like, it has a nice like little dramatic opening where the wind busts open the church doors, mm -hmm. the papers are flying around, mm -hmm. and then you see like the the crucifix with Jesus on it, and his eyes open, and then it starts bleeding and stuff. You're just like. As a kid, as a Catholic at the time, mm -hmm. I mean, you're just like, ah, ah, and you know what? I was all for it. You know, I was so cool with that. This one doesn't have as many classic scenes, but it has a classic scene mm. that's kind of stood the test of time as one of the scariest moments in like film history. Mm -hmm. I would say that it doesn't have the impact it normally would unless you were like, I guess, really paying attention to the movie and it was yeah. the lights were off. It was dark, it's, and it's the first time you're watching yeah. it, and you have a really good sound system, and then, bam, <laughs> it comes out at you. It was, what's funny is because like as we were like watching this film, I mean, we, I've seen it plenty of times. We're always our mind is never like focused entirely. No, on things. it wanders. So we're kind of wander, but like, yeah, I mean, I was kinda, on the other screen doing some other dumb shit. Sure. But then I had to just go like, oh, this is the scene. Yeah, this is the scene right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You know? I was like, all right. So we just stay there and, and watch it, awesome. it, and it's a slow, long shot. I think it cuts to like the close-ups of the nurse at some point. Yes. And it stays there. And then I think this is one of the only times where I guess the sound design or the, the music kind of comes out at you like mm -hmm. because it's just silence to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing really happening. And then the fucking thing comes out and it looks weird. It just looks fucking weird. According to William Peter Blatty, uh, a lot of the ending scene was not supposed to happen. But like the exorcist, actual like the possession with mm -hmm. the priest going up on the ceiling, and like, yeah, ah, that shit, which is cool. Yeah, yeah it's it a cool scene. I dig it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, was supposed to be a little bit more subtle, like not mm -hmm. so over the top. Uh, but of course, that's when uh, production gets their little hands on. Yeah, we really would like a fucking exorcist scene in there. Go, but this is not even an exorcist movie. So a portal to hell opens up in the in the floor. Um, the and priest floats up to the ceiling, and uh, also the kid that got decapitated with uh, a Jesus head black face on it, and just like, what? <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing is the angel of death. Uh, you go, oh, I love Patrick. Yeah, we'll get him on. What is going on, man? <laughs> 
Um, there actually really is a lot of interesting dialogue between um, the detective and uh, you know the the Gemini killer uh, kind of thing. They they because they talk about how the priest gets possessed, like comes about you know getting yeah. getting uh, possessed by this this demon or sorry the soul of the killer uh, reincarnated or whatever or re uh, reinstalled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, I mean, it was it was done as a as a punishment, right, for what they did to Reagan, basically, uh, by taking the 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 Pazuzu out of her. They were like, "No, fuck you!" And then, like, instead gave. Well, yeah, the, because they said that he was like the perfect host because his mm-hmm. mind was like gone. Already. Right, his body and his mind were destroyed. Uh, and, and if and we're gonna take it as his him being uh, Damian Karras mm-hmm. uh, from the first one, he um, after that fall would really fuck up your brain, you know? So I would imagine as he got older, like, he just lost pretty much everything. Because it was immediate kind of, like... Oh, yeah. He was, like, wandering the streets and stuff like that. Like, he was kind of, like, all lost. Oh, okay. So the... I think, from my understanding, the Gemini killer uh, uh, pretty much possessed him, but it took how many years? Like, 15 years? Yeah, something like that. For them to kind of, like... For it to repair the damage. Yeah. Yeah, that had been done. um, and until that time, like it was just trapped in in his body, like right. you know, sleeping or whatever, biding his time. Which I thought that was fun, uh, not funny, but it was, it was very like it was like interesting, kind of a yeah, it was very way interesting to, details. And again, all just Brad Dorf like delivering his monologue and telling mm-hmm. us about the exposition of, and it's all very interesting because like all that little lore, uh, I because love that stuff. because the the patient X uh, was pretty much just there like with no real reaction mm-hmm. and then the reason he or uh D- lieutenant kinderman went to go see him was that he noticed that his he became more lively recently and that's when like the murder started happening mm-hmm. and of course like all these little uh details from uh the gemini killer were actually happening again but it's the gemini killer been able to like Stay with uh, Damien Karras as a host and just jump into other... Right, like fallen kind of stuff. Yeah, people. And that's where he can kind of like get those murders out and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? Uh, that uh, the elderly or the infirm are easy to manipulate or yeah. control or possess or whatever, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. When uh, who, does he, who does he possess? Is it the old lady or the old, older woman? Yeah. Older woman? Okay, yeah. yeah. There's a scene where like she's crawling on the ceiling, which is kind of like when he's like, yeah, he's just there yeah. Walking, when like, the detectives walking towards the camera away, and yeah. you just sort of, sl- I really like that. I but remember seeing there was, that. I was like, uh, All right. a scene with uh, uh, George C. Scott whenever he's like gonna get on the elevator, and there's a statue that supposedly was the removed head of the G- of Jesus Christ, yeah. and he doesn't see that. He just like is like so. So into his own head that he just walks by it and it's like right fucking there. Mm-hmm. And no one has said anything. It's just, it's just fucking right there. <laughs> Again, a lot of like funny little things, the way uh, uh, William Blatty like shoots this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the ending was supposed to be different. It wasn't supposed to be as, clim- I guess, climactic with the exorcism. Mm-hmm. Um but I know there's like another version of this film out there, which I would like to see, and like really? the Blatty's version, director's cut, I guess. Oh. Um, I don't know if oh, that yeah, has the. Okay, there you go, director's cut. Uh, okay, so the alternative opening in which Kinderman views the body of Karis in the morgue after all his fall. Oh, CC. That's oh, pretty interesting. Oh, that is cool. 
in the morgue after his fall down the stairs at the ending of the first movie when kinderman leaves the morgue the heart monitor shows signs of life in the body oh see see that that is that would have been interesting like i mean all of these look fucking nifty the aftermath of the death scene of the first murdered, murdered priest, priest where his dead body is showing holding, holding his a severed, severed head. head nice while sitting that would have been badass yeah a uh, longer version of the scene where kinderman talks with the priest about the murders and when they demon face is shown on the statue of the saint. Originally, the unseen intruder cuts the statue's head and places the knife in his hand. Man. And the exclamation of exclamation, ex- exclamation they, of Damien Karras' body in Jesuit cemetery. Cemetery later to discover that the dead body is actually from Brother Fane, a Jesuit who was. See, that's why they at the end of the movie they show his the the tombstone of mm-hmm. his dead body because apparently, like, there's a scene where it was empty. Oh, yeah, so. okay. Uh, Blatty's original cut did not have Jason Miller as Karis Patient X in it. It had a different isolation cell for scenes in which Kinderman talked to Patient X slash the Gemini Killer. And some promotional photos show Patient X and Kinderman talking to the original in the original cell. So from my understanding, like because um, Jason Miller wasn't available. Yeah. Um, they just shot the scenes with Brad Dorf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, whenever he was available, that's why they, they kind of like cut after, him in. Yeah, yeah. You and I, you yeah. and I were chatting about. You were telling yeah. me when we were watching. Yeah, yeah. I so this movie reminded me a lot more of the first one than part two. That's for sure. Like, oh, yeah. I, I really liked the uh, again the scene like where the nurse was just crawling on the wall as as the detective was walking oh, it's towards the patient. The it's not the nurse. It's the oh, it's patient, not. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah, never mind. She does dress as a patient later oh, yeah. to kill like Kinderman's daughter. Yeah, that's right. So I like that because that that again like that just reminded me more of the first Exorcist, where it's like the focus isn't necessarily you know on the possession, but right. it's there. You right. know, it's 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 there in, in the forefront of your of your goddamn scene. But like you're you're watching something else kind of happen, and I I like that. I, I don't know. It was just well, I mean, yeah, he's not like he's just kind of there, and then you said like it's kind of in the background, mm-hmm. and I think those scenes are done well. Like I've seen something like that in a. In the Conjuring, the first Conjuring movie, okay. and then yeah, also in like Hereditary, uh, whenever we have like the uh, Tony Collette's like on the ceiling, but you don't see it. Yeah, like it's like in the shadow. Yeah, you can kind of see her in the corner, mm-hmm. and we're not focused on that necessarily. We're focused on the person, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. And that I think is more effective um, for scare wise because I mean, like, as an audience member, you're focused here, but then you kind of like in the dark see right. something. Mm-hmm. And they don't see it. It's like what's happening. Yeah. So you're, yeah, the audience the knows what's going on, and you're kind of like, that, I guess those are those moments where like, turn around, look mm-hmm. up. Yeah. 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 Do it. <laughs> you dumb bitch. Um, but one of the things about Exorcist Three again, critics did not. This was kind of panned by critics and stuff like that. Yeah, of course, of it doesn't course. have the same effect as the first one. But as far as the resonant. Uh, how how it kind of like stayed with the culture. Mm. Um, this was a funny one. I thought uh, said uh, the film became a focal point in the trial of Jeffrey Dahmer because apparently it was like uh, one of his favorites. Oh, <laughs> of course, just to fuck it up. For I the don't know if it was us. this one or the first one. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, the film became focal point in the trial of the killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Detectives testified that Dahmer claimed to identify with the, yeah the Gemini killer, and would play the film for some of his victims before killing them. Jesus Dahmer's final Christ. attempted victim, Tracy Edwards, testified that. Dahmer would rock back and forth while chanting at various times and that he especially enjoyed the sequence where they possessed Karis. And Dahmer went so far as to purchase yellow contact lenses to more resemble Miller 
as well as to emulate another film character he admired. Emperor, Emperor Palpatine, Palpatine from, from Return of the <laughs> Jedi. God damn, what a fucking... Uh, <laughs> so it's like Dahmer's a murder nerd, a murder weeb, fucking geek. Wow. I never knew that. Oh, shit. What a loser. That's hilarious. It is. At this point, I, I guess I would say I would like to think uh, that Jeffrey Dahmer fancied himself as as much as a, an effective monologue deliverer yeah. prior to killing people as fucking Brad Dorf. Yeah. You can imagine that shit. Like, he's trying to, like, really, like, drum up this whole thing. It's kind of like Charles Manson trying to be a songwriter. You it know? makes me think of the fucking, like, that South Park episode, uh, like, one of the earlier ones where that, like, serial killer kidnaps the kids or whatever. Yeah. And it makes him watch, like, his... What is it? Like, uh, he's like, do you see? He's dressed up all weird, but he makes him watch, like, his... What is it? Um, home videos or some shit? I forgot. But like it was just dumb and silly, and that's that's kind of what what this is making me think about. Like, it's just some weirdo trying to sound way more cooler than he actually <laughs> is, and it's just like, what? You're killing me for what? For this? Fuck! No, you man. don't. You're not Brad Dorf, bro. So don't even try. Yeah, get the fuck. And out you're of not. Here, man. You're not. You're not a. You're just a fucking loser. And of course, we know what end up with <sighs> Dahmer. I can't believe you you make some watch the movie. <laughs> Christ. You can imagine. I mean, this is the last movie they see and like before he ends up killing him and like, shit. What a oh, dick, you know? Man, like Yeah, that's 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 really stupid. I don't know. I, I, I need to check the reference. Can you that. imagine if uh Jeffrey Dahmer um ended up seeing like the new <laughs> like the the, the Return, Barbie movie? Well, no, or like some no, shit. like like Return of the the Sith or some shit. Oh would he still would he still have the same <laughs> uh it, one of his favorite was like the, would the he, Star would, Wars Christmas. Would, would or it some be like the special or like Palpatine? Would he still like oh, fancy that as like one no. of his favorite characters? Yeah, maybe. You know when he looks like a fucking like, uh, like rotten a, sausage. Yeah. Unlimited <laughs> 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 power. Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would say like overall, Exorcist Three. It's very enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable film. Uh, Watch it for Brad Dorf alone. Yes. Even if, like, You'll be happy if you're a friend of Dorsey Scott, watch it because he's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, Brad Dorf is even better. Yeah. Um, the movie does not have, if you're expecting to watch The Exorcist and then jump into this one, they're literally watching two different fucking movies. Yeah. Uh, the tone is different, um, it has more humor, um, yeah. shot differently. Again, it, has, it doesn't have that, sl- it has a slow burn, but uh, it has more, I think we mentioned the shots. What is it called? Whenever they're like in an angle and they're watching something like really tall. Oh, uh, uh, those yeah. weird perspectives. Yeah, um, it has different perspectives in this film. Yeah. Like, um, it's it's not like it's it it has a little bit of the, that film noir, you know, kind of right it, it, angle. It, 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 it seems like one of those those classic Universal monster kind of things. You know, when they see the castle for the first time, mm. and it has that perspective. Yeah, and the, uh, it's like the castle, mm-hmm. and there's lightning. And it's like and a shit. million miles tall. Yeah, and shit. Like, it makes like, it look bigger than it actually is. You feel like is. an ant. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yes. I think maybe that could have been the scenario whenever Blatty was directing for the first time, I think. Mm. Um, I think there was something prior to this that he directed. I'm not too sure, but um, you can up. tell that this, this is like one of those... I don't know if he directed anything after this. Uh, director, no, no, yeah. not look like it. The Ninth Configuration, Exorcist 3. Uh-huh. Yeah, two yeah. movies he did. That was pretty much... And that was it. That was the last film he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it... He has a he has a certain style that you could tell like where he's getting drawing his inspiration from. I assume this is where he's drawing his inspiration right. from. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm just speculating. Here. Yes, uh, but it's it's done well uh, specifically for like a 
I mean, the, the first movie he directed was in 10 years, 1980. Then 10 years later, he directed this one. I haven't seen the ninth configuration, but I mean, I'm kind of interested I've in heard checking of that it out. One. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've just never seen it. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious to see if like a lot of his style, he did that first in the ninth configuration and then kind of brought it over to Exorcist 3, maybe. Right. Yeah. Who knows? It's an enjoyable movie. Watch it, definitely. Um, if you can see other versions, kind of like The Exorcist, the first one. So I didn't notice, but apparently, like you said there, it's got a pretty interesting name for it. What? Read read the bottom there, man. Oh, um, the Night's Configuration is a 1980 American psychological drama film written, produced, and directed by William Peter Blatty in his directorial debut. Right. It is the second installment in Blatty's trilogy, trilogy of, of faith, faith after The Exorcist, and followed by The Exorcist. Hmm, like that's an interesting way to watch these. Right. If that's the case, yeah, for sure. So that would have been his Exorcist two. I think so. And then so this would have been like Exorcist, Ninth Configuration, and then Legion. Oh. Would have been it because it's Exorcist three, right, right, right. But is the book is titled Legion? Yes, yes. So, you know, that would have been a lot. It's kind of like that's a lot more interesting. Yeah, if you I think, didn't even think of that. it like, uh, what is it the the trilogy from uh, John Carpenter? Oh, the Apocalypse trilogy. The Apocalypse trilogy. Yeah, that's uh, what movie was the first one? Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it the thing? No. Apocalypse. Is it the thing? And then Prince of Darkness. And then uh, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the thing, the Prince of Darkness and, and of in the Mouth of Madness. There right? we go. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking vampires. <laughs> yes. That was it. You, uh, you nailed that's, it. That's interesting. That's an, I would yeah, like dude. to like rewatch it in, with that in mind. Mm-hmm. I'd like that's to. That's the case. Well, yeah, we could marathon that shit. Just um, but I would, yeah, I would like to watch the Night Configuration if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. St- I like that. I, I, I had no idea. That's that's pretty interesting. I'm a big fan of films that kind of in, like kind of tie into right. each other. In Whether some way. they're directly or loosely, like yeah. kind of. They I, have a certain. They have a, either they have like a theme attached a, to it. A, a, a spiritual successor kind of thing is what I, yeah. I think. A, well, I mean, you you have a like pretty like blatant whenever it comes to like sequels and stuff, mm-hmm. or like even the Kevin Smith of View Askew universe, yeah. where a lot of the characters tie into each other, like yeah. the clerks, mall rats, mm-hmm. chasing Amy, dogma, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. They always reference people from prior uh, yep. films, and I mean, we have the detective from the first one. I'm kind of curious, does that detective kind of play a role in this one, like Kinderman? Yeah, I mean, obviously, probably not by George C. Scott, but by somebody else. Maybe. Um, who knows? But we should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool to me. Well, um, the Exorcist films, what do you think of them? Uh, I mean, we enjoy them. Yeah. Except for part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even right. bother. Watch watch our reaction. <laughs> that's that's the way you got to watch that movie. Watch our reaction, okay? Uh, we shorten it up for you, give you like the juicy parts, and our commentary is much worth the price of a sub, sub and a like. You should try that hey. uh, free or um, if you're listening to this podcast on any of our Spotify, Apple, all that kind of stuff, review it. Give us five stars because we're very thorough in our discussions mm-hmm. whenever we do our heavy research on Wikipedia and or IMDb. All right. Um, are we interviewing anyone for this? No, but we are giving you quality commentary mm-hmm. and opinions from people who are kind of we are people of quality (laughs) 
People yeah. of quality. These are yeah, opinions us. of quality. That's what they are. Ah, you come to us for the good shit. I mean, you're practically watching Siskel and Ebert you right get now. Nuts. <laughs> oh, f- yeah. <laughs> you got the, the dynamic. Unlike just, just us, you know? the Siskel and Ebert of, of horror. I mean, considering uh, Cinequest video doesn't just focus on horror, we do talk a lot about horror. Yeah. Because it's one of our favorite yeah. genres. A lot of cool shit. Next thing you know, we're going to be doing straight comedies. Right. <laughs> From the 80s. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, That'd be fun. Kind of. We, we, we can talk about the awkwardness of Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. Or like um, <laughs> Porky's. Porky's or Screwballs or. Meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah. No, I'm, that's a different one. Meatballs and I think Screwballs was a different one too. I think it is a different one, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. And. Horror movies kick ass. Comedies kick ass. Yeah. Action movies are awesome too. Um, that's why we watch Steven Seagal movies too. And Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Unironically, I enjoy those movies, but yes. I also understand they're trash. Yeah. And Steven Seagal is a horrible person. Trash does not. it. Trash is welcome here. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't mean we're not going to like, we're going to accept it for it not for being bad. It is a bad film. We'll still watch it. And we'll acknowledge the fact that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, these movies that we just talked about are not bad. No. You should definitely watch them because they're good. Um, <laughs> all that roundabout nonsense to say. If you like this video, please like and subscribe. Uh, anything else? No, man. Check out, check it out, check out. Uh, Exorcist three. It's great. And Exorcist one. Also, but not yes. the second one. No, Watch our reaction. Right. We can't emphasize that enough. Right. Just, and no. uh, if I plan this out properly, it'll be like one of the videos that are on the corner here. <laughs> so check it out. That'll be it for us. Yep. We'll see you next time. Laters.